you had the you had the rabbit and you had the lendrum. So was that kind of like was that the point at which you were to- you were all in or um when did you know that you were kind of done for? <laughs> um well when did I know I was done for? Um probably when the first time that I went to Maryland Sheep and Wool. <laughs> Sasha Torres, spinning teacher, fiber dyer, and founder of Sheepspot, where we help you make more yarns you love with beautiful hand-dyed fiber and accessible and comprehensive online spinning instruction. These days, I can make just about any yarn I can imagine, but believe me, I was not a natural spinner. When I started spinning, I really struggled to make yarns I liked, let alone loved. But many skeins and hand-spun projects later, spinning now lets me express my creativity and quiet my mind, no matter how crazy the world around me gets. I created the SheepSpot podcast to give you quick, actionable strategies that will help you level up your yarn making so that you can create yarns you love faster, more easily, and with less frustration. If you're an inquisitive hand spinner, you are in the right place. And I'm so glad you're here. Hello there, hand spinners. Welcome to episode 80 of the Sheep Spot podcast. I have another interview for today. I really hope you've enjoyed listening to these interviews as much as I've enjoyed doing them. I love listening to spinners talk about their spinning journeys, and this is partly because spinners are really interesting, and partly because I think it's really important for me as a teacher to hear these stories so I can continue to refine my teaching so that it addresses my students' needs and and their actual struggles, not the struggles I think they have, but their actual struggles in becoming the spinners that they want to be. And one of this, this necessity of keeping in touch with, um, with newer spinners experiences of spinning is one of the reasons that I love our online community, the flock so much. Um, so when you join us in the flock, the very first thing that happens is that you're asked to answer a question about who taught you to spin. And I've got to confess, this question was a total throwaway. I need, I just needed something to like, set the site up. And I honestly did not give it any, any thought. It was kind of the first thing that popped into my head, but I have learned so much from spinners responses to that question. In particular, I now know that about 85% of new members in the flock have never had a spinning lesson or a spinning class. And they're, um, most of them are piecing together their own spinning education uh, from Google and YouTube. And Google and YouTube are really fine as far as they go, but knowing this about my audience actually initially made me a little bit sad because I just thought about all the unnecessary frustration that spinners are likely experiencing by going it alone. 
And honestly, that frustration is one of the things that gets me up in the morning. I'm, I'm on a mission to eliminate that frustration. So if you are out there and you are trying to figure out spinning all on your own, I just want you to know that I genuinely want to help and I am working hard to figure out as many ways I can provide that help as possible. So one of them is the flock cheap spots, free online community for inquisitive hand spinners. And I invite you to head to the flock.cheapspot.com. That's T H E F L O C K all one word dot cheapspot.com and join us there. There are about 800 spinners in the group now. Uh, and we have members at all level of spinning experience and, you know, who spin on with all sorts of different tools. And the generosity of that group just continually blows me away. And you, you need some of that in your spinning life if you're going it alone. Uh, so there's the flock. If you're looking, though, for a more structured way to get to making yarns that you really love faster than you could on your own and without overwhelm and frustration, I designed the Sheep Spotter Society just for you. We focus on just one aspect of spinning per month. And every month I give members a few specific targeted action items that are going to move the needle on their spinning. And they're specific to the level that uh, the individual member is on her spinning journey. We are opening the doors to the Sheep Spotter Society this month. It's going to be open from March 22nd through 25th. And the next time we open is going to be in late September. So if you would like more information, head over to sheepspot.com slash TSS and sign up. And I will send you an email when we open so you can check it out and see if it's for you. With that, let's turn now to my interview with my student and Sheep Spotter Society member, Vicki McKay, to learn more about her spinning journey. So, Vicki, tell us your spinning origin story. Um, well, you know, I have two. One around 1992. I don't know. I'm going to say I got a wild hair. I was a quilter, a knitter. And I thought, now I, I need to go back further and be a spinner. So I, I've been trying to think of the only book that was out there in 1992, and it was a rectangle. It wasn't Simmons. I can't, I know I had it. I can't find it in my library. But it said, and the only wheel was Ashford. Mm -hmm. The only spindle I could get was that behemoth Ashford. And it said, look, you got you have to learn how to spin on a spindle before you learn to spin on a wheel. Well, that was the end of it because I could not spin on the baby whale. Mm -hmm. And the uh, fiber that you could get was roving. It wasn't very good roving. Um, so I tried and tried and tried, and that wasn't happening. Fast forward to I moved back to Virginia. And 
for whatever reason, the first thing I do is get an English Angora rabbit. And I learned to shear the rabbit. And, I, okay, what am I going to do with this? Ah, I'm going to learn how to spin. <laughs> so that's, and this time I started, I had a neighbor that spun, but she, she wasn't a teacher and she wasn't a good spinner. Um, but I saw the wheel. I got to learn a little bit on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she took me to Maryland Sheep and Wool. She had gotten me um, a Loet S10. Good luck learning how to spin on one of those. So I thought, I am just, not, it's not happening. And then I tried a Lendrum, and all of a sudden I could spin. And there it went. Down the rabbit hole. Well, you know, as Maggie Casey always says, it's never the spinner, it's always the wheel. You know, and I hate to blame anybody else. I'm not a blamer, but that was it. And I thought, what's up with this? And I bought the wheel and brought it home. And then, um, you know, then I learned how to process fiber. And every year I jump deeper and deeper down that rabbit hole. And I'm an academic at heart and I love to and so you you really had to persist past the the boat anchor spindle absolutely and if I if somebody had had handed me a uh, a spindle instead of sat me down at a wheel I that would have been the end of it I think for me too I mean I definitely the wheel I was entranced by the just the physicality of the wheel and the noises it made and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I was a terrible spindle spinner at first, even mm-hmm. after I'd been spinning on the wheel for, you know, a couple of years probably at that point. Mm-hmm. I also learned on a louette. So I, <laughs> I have some sympathy for, for you. <laughs> well, and nobody knew in, in my world... At that very moment, I had no teachers. Mm-hmm. I had books and very few in the beginning. Um, and nobody knew how to tweak a louette around right. me to where you could spin on it and it wasn't sucking the fiber right out of your hand. Nobody knew that. I can spin on it just fine now, but I have to trick right. it. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So once you got the Lendrum, I mean, you had the, you had the rabbit and you had the Lendrum. So was that kind of like, was that the point at which you were to- you were all in or um, when did you know that you were kind of done for? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when did I know I was done for? Um, probably, you know, you look at the beautiful artistry in the wood Mm -hmm. of all the tools and equipment. And you think about who made this and how much time did it take and who were they? And you see the antique wheels and you think, who spun on this? What were they like? Because you see 100-year-old, 150-year-old wheels for sale there as well. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it it got to, um, you know, and I didn't even 
know the history of textiles like I do now. Um, but it got to be the heart and the spirit of the things that all, you know, fall into what we call spinning. And that coupled with just the peacefulness, the quiet of it, I was in. Okay, good. So what was the toughest thing about learning to spin for you? Well, the boat anchor, mm-hmm. the S10. <laughs> right. So inappropriate tools. Well, and then the other thing is, unfortunately, after... Seven or eight years of piano, my mother decided that it was hopeless. So I have no sense of rhythm. I don't think I'm tone deaf, deaf, but I also apparently didn't learn this till I started spinning, have no high eye hand coordination. Um, so I should not be a spinner. I'm not made for it. Uh, <laughs> And I have a heavy foot. So the harder it gets to spin the the fiber I'm spinning, the faster I treadle. And I, I still have to do a warm-up before <laughs> I start spinning and get get my head in the right place and remind myself that you can't do that. Um, before, you know, that all falls into place. And my muscle memory is, I guess it's all right, because I think what I produce is okay. But it's still a little bit of a challenge. It doesn't come easily to me. Hmm. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned warm-up, because we know, we don't talk about that enough, I think. But I, I, I still need to warm up. And, and every single time I sit down where I'm in the studio, so you can sort of see my photograph, my, all my video things behind me. Every time I sit down to make a video, I forget that I need to warm up. So, so I will start making the video. I'll be demoing away, but I don't, my hands aren't working yet. Um, so I think we just have to introduce that idea. Yep, I think you have to, you know, get that muscle memory going. And I think you have to get your head in the right place. You have to leave work Mm -hmm. and stupid politics and all of that that's running around in our heads. And and that's why I like it. It takes me back very far in in our history. You know, now I think about you know, the origins of textiles and when people learn to spin and weave. And again, I love to get into, well, who were they? What were they like? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm a part of that when I'm spinning, like the continuation of that. And it needs to be preserved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Tell me about fiber. So what are your absolute favorite things to work with? Um, Well, one, I love to get, I love to look at as many different fleeces. Usually, though, I'm limited to what I can get at Sheep and Wool because Mm -hmm. I buy them raw fleece. So Gotland and 
Cheviot and yada, yada. So that's one because I like ones that are characteristic of the breed. And then I find out how they want to be spun. Um, and, you know, I think the, one of the most important things about that is, and that people don't get yet, is what you're spinning doesn't have to be soft. Yes. You know, and Indeed. people will go through, they'll try to buy a fleece of a certain breed, but if it's not soft, we don't appreciate it. And, you know, that's just wrong because you lose the ability, first of all, to learn how to spin these. And second of all, to say, I don't have to make a sweater. I can make a rug. I can make macrame. And, of course, now we're down another rabbit hole. <laughs> are you down the, macra the macrame rabbit hole? Have you gone down that particular one? You know, I've got some books. That's coming back. I, so I hear that is coming back. And I mean, you know, I'll hang some plants and <laughs> I, I can get into that. And I you, remember when macrame was cool. Yes, I, me too. I was small, but I do remember it. Yeah. So, so there's that. I just love to play with something and I read about it either when, before I go and I say, okay, this year I'm going to get a, this, and I know it should, its characteristics should be this. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's shiny. It's not, you know, a tea water. It's shiny. It, you can spin it where it's a little softer than it might be, but it's not, it's not Merino. Right. Right. So I, I love that. I love the learning. Like I said, I'm an academic. I love the learning. Um, but now my second favorite is I have a friend on the committee who's a shepherd and she, and I and just interrupt you and say the committee of Maryland sheep and wool. Yes. They won't have heard that part of our conversation. And, <laughs> so I have a friend um, the shepherd. I have a friend. Yep. And, um, she is breeding. She Lee is as well. All, a lot of the, um, shepherds around, um, that area are um, breeding a spinner's fleece, and that's their goal. And my friend Peggy has bred a Cormo Romney cross. Mm. So it is soft. You've got, if you buy a colored one, you've got this incredible variation mm -hmm. of colors. And I tend to separate them out. And then I, I've been using, making these gradient shawls and, and different things. And it's very, with, without having to dye, without having to use two different fleeces or mm -hmm. more. Um, and it, you know how Romney, it's a lot of say, people say, well, let that be your first fleece to learn on. Well, mm -hmm. this is Romney, shiny, and soft next to the skin soft. So is it, uh, it's a mutt, like Peggy says, it's a mutt sheep, mm -hmm. but her sheep won best spinning fleece. I had it the year before. Um, it won best spinning fleece. And the next year I got it. Alas, Daisy, the sheep has died. All right. So, R.I.P. Daisy. So that's, you know, that's a real favorite for me. I'm not a Merino fan. Cormo, yes. Mm -hmm. Merino, too greasy, 
too too much work. Okay. Okay. I'm so lazy you, too. <laughs> you but you so you mostly work from fleeces rather than prepared fleece. Uh, I do. I, I bet I don't have six, seven, eight um, top that I the dyed top that I could find. Hmm. Um, because oh my god, it's so tactile, and there's another beautiful piece of equipment I like to get. You know, Carter's from Clemis and Clemis, and just drool over the beautiful wood. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I love the equipment because of the, because it works well, but because of the artistry. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's, we couldn't do that without those artisans. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are so indebted to them. Yes. And there's and something they, about knowing who made your tools mm-hmm. that's just really, really lovely. Yeah, and a lot of them, well, I, I won't say a lot, but the ones I know are husbands who did started out and did this for their wives. Yep. You take Hanson, they were on a boat, right. and she needed a little spinner, and he made the mini spinner for her. Mm-hmm. And I suspect many of these men, they were artisans themselves, but, you know, the dedication they had to their wives is a cool thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I I love that. So how do you, how do you use your hand spun mostly? I like to make shawls, um, hats, gloves. I have to do things because I work, although I've cut down my hours quite a bit, I have to do things that I can finish. You know, I have not done a sweater. I would love to, I've gotten into dyeing um, both acid and I love natural dyeing. Another yet another rabbit hole. And of course, to me, you got to have all the equipment. I've got a sunroom full of dye pots and, you know, all of a a cabinet full of all the mordants. (laughs) Yet another rabbit hole. Yep. Yep. I'm taking a natural dye class online now um with a woman named mel sweeten sweetenham i think she's in cape breton nova scotia um and uh it's it's, we've only gotten to scouring so far We're, we're right at the beginning but um but it did require that i buy some things yeah darn i know hate that terrible yes yeah just terrible and the and the books I see. I can't stop. Now we're talking about Vicky's pathology. <laughs> I well, perhaps I, perhaps we should move move along then, <laughs> lest you you know make untoward admissions. That's um, right. So so you're you're a knitter, though. I'm a knitter, um, an intermediate knitter. Um, my mother was an incredible. Um, who's gone now, but um, she was from New Zealand and um, they learned all kinds of handwork in school mm-hmm. from the time they were five. And uh, there wasn't anything she couldn't do. So um, she taught me the problem was to be quick. If I took her a problem, she would say, here, give me this. 
and I'd get it back and it would be finished. Mm-hmm. So I never, even though she was a teacher, my expertise learned um, stopped at a certain point from the here, give me this. Right, right. I, I think that that's actually quite common. I've heard many people tell that story that their, you know, their mother or their aunt or their grandmother, whoever taught them and just sort of couldn't let it go with them through the learning process. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's something, there's something to that. Um, so tell me what, tell me about your favorite uh, project made with hand spun and why you love it. My favorite um, is from a bunny that I got at Rhinebeck, who was a chocolate bunny that I named, of all things, Chaco. And it was pure um, Angora. And then I knit it in. <laughs> okay. So the honest truth is I knit it into a lace um, hat. You know, uh, um, why can't I think of that name right now? Um, a lace hat. Now, who does that? Vicky does, apparently. <laughs> so it would actually turned out very nice, but with the bloom and the angora, the lace was a right. tam. That's what I'm trying to say. Tam right. was a bit lost, but it was a wonderful hat. So, and it was his, and I lost him last year. So it's, it's a treasure. Oh, that's, yes, that's a lovely story. What was this? It's Chaco. Chaco the... Chaco, the Tam giver. <laughs> the Tam and giver. It, it really, I have to say, it turned out, except for the fact that I don't think anybody could tell it was a lace. <laughs> it was a lace pattern, but, um, you know, no one had to judge it but me. So I loved it. Well, and if it was 100%, was it 100% Angora? 100%. So probably you needed a little ventilation in it. No doubt, no doubt, but I don't know how much. I I just saw a pattern and I thought, I'll knit that. Angora never stopped to think, Vicki, that's not going to work. <laughs> but it's still your favorite. That's what I, that's it's, what I it's my that. favorite. And like I said, I don't, I don't com- want to compete with anybody. Um, I would be at the at the bottom end of the bell curve. <laughs> so, and that's okay. That is okay. You know, um, in, in terms, and you know what though, Sasha, after you spin something and you knit it up, it looks so much better mm-hmm. than the yarn that you, you know, you're much happier with that. And you go, no, I didn't think that was very good, but it looks good to me now. Yep. Knit fabric, man. It is, it's really forgiving. It's, it's very forgiving. And mm-hmm. so you know that, and you're not going to, you know, um, obsess over was, was it perfect? You have to do it a while till you figure that out. Absolutely. Yes. But. Yes. So um, tell me what spinning has given you other than yarn. Mm, the best thing, friends, mm-hmm. friends, like-minded friends. Um, I have rarely met, you know, um, um, a nasty, 
um, ungenerous spinner. Every now and again, there's somebody in a class. But um, so that's one. Travel is another one um, because I've been to Madrona. I've been to Shetland Wool Week and and Shetland. Um, I want to go to Orenburg. That's on my bucket list. Looking, oh, I'm going to Alaska in 2022. Oh, um, with with wild fibers. Oh, what fun! Um, I'm, so I get fun. I get to play with baby muskox. How about that? And what is cuter than a baby muskox? I don't know. They are adorable. Yeah. And that I didn't know they would let you pet them. Um, but I was told that, in fact, the babies will run around and be cute and, and let you pet them. And, of course, they're, they're on a farm, but they're pretty close to their natural environment. So right. the travel and then the last thing is the history of it all. A teacher once told me that textiles were what allowed man to get out of the cave. Mm -hmm. And they had to know, they had to know how to spin and weave, even though we don't have evidence that far back, um, even though we don't have any remnants and couldn't of their textiles. um, You're right. You can't hunt a woolly mammoth in a bearskin and not lose the bearskin. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing that They're naked. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, think about it. But when you say textiles, you mean spinning. Yep. You can't weave with nothing. And so that, you know, was probably job one. Oh, absolutely. Job, not only job one, but job all the time, job constantly. Um, You know, you're walking with your spindle or you're, because you gotta, you gotta get the yardage to clothe the children. Right. But then you've got clothes and you can migrate. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, got man out of the cave. That's how our civilization then developed. Now, how cool is that? It is. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I love, I often will have a spindle with me in the booth if I'm vending. And um, so, you know, little kids will come up and, and I'll explain what I'm doing and I'll explain and, and tell them that everything was made this way. Everything was made, you know, until the 15th century or whenever, when the flyer reel was invented, everything was made with this little stick. And then I just, then I tell them, then I just ask them to imagine um, one of those great big ships and all the sails and imagine Mm -hmm. that, you know, having been made entirely from spindle spun fiber and their little their little heads explode, which I, you know, as a teacher, you know how how great it is to make people's heads explode. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I 
do a, I do a demo at Shenandoah Fiber Festival, Spinning from the Bunny. And, you know, everybody has to pet the bunny. And the Angoras are so sweet. They don't mind. Um, and um, I didn't know you could do that. And what I love is they'll call, what do they call it? Are you weaving or knitting? <laughs> <Is that> or- knitting? <laughs> no. No. But what I think is I've never figured out how to spindle spin off a bunny. I don't think it can be done. (laughs) Right. Probably. Yeah. I can see that that would, well, you'd have to be sitting down, right? Bunny in lap. You'd be kind of over the bunny working past the, yeah. It's like trying to spin, spindle spin with a cat. There you go. And it would be a similar dilemma. So, Vicki, tell me why you spin in five words or fewer. Well, again, friends, travel, history, inner peace and solitude. Was that five? Yeah, well, close enough. I think it was six, but I'll give you that extra one. Thank you so much for this. Oh, you're welcome. I really, really appreciate it. Darlings, that is it for me this time. I will be back next time with one more interview, which you don't want to miss, before I return to our regular old tips and tricks format in a couple of weeks. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. podcasts and would like to work more closely with me, you should definitely check out the Sheep Spotter Society, my membership community for inquisitive spinners who want to spin with more confidence and joy while making yarns they absolutely love. As a Sheep Spotter Society member, you'll get access to our private online membership site where we go deep into a new spinning topic every single month with video lessons, monthly Q&As, and virtual meetups. And you'll join a vibrant, caring, supportive community that's as passionate as you are about spinning, fiber, and creating with hand-spun yarns. You can sign up to get more information and receive a notification the next time membership opens at sheepspot.com slash T-S-S. That's sheepspot.com slash T-S-S, which stands for the Sheepspotters Society. I would love to have you join us. Thank you.